This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Hey everybody, Chris Bentliff back with Pro CFO Partners and Create the Next. I have Carlos Sava back again. Last time, Carlos, we talked all about uh, some really interesting things around kind of mergers and acquisitions, and we kind of talked about um, the readiness for acquisition. We talked about uh, some of the things that can go wrong, things to look for. I want to continue that conversation this morning. And I think that you've got some really interesting experience, uh, probably some interesting illustrations on how things have gone in your experience uh, with companies that you've worked with. Let's talk a little bit about how I know if I'm ready uh, for a merger or acquisition, maybe both on the I'm ready to be the buyer or the merger, or I'm ready to be the mergee or the acquired company. Uh, what are some things that I should be thinking about or looking for, uh, some ways that I can kind of quantify my own sense of readiness in these situations? Sure. Uh, w- wonderful question and, and very different process uh, between being the, the buyer and, and the seller. But I think there are some things that will uh, ring true for both. And a key is the preparedness um, to get through a process. And it, it really is a process that's going to have three stages. It's going to be that, that search and identification, the execution of a, of a transaction, and then the integration and value creation it, when you're um, the acquirer. When you're the seller and, and you're getting ready to position your business, it's probably an even longer longer period, but you still have to get your house in order. And that's gonna include the, the numbers and making sure you can um, have accurate numbers that are gonna be credible and, and believable to buyers. So that's gonna be the first place that they start in trying to assess what, what the company's worth. Um, but then you've got the the uh, team and, and the people and materials ready to go through due diligence. And that middle stage, that execution of, of diligence can be a uh, very difficult uh, process for companies that are, are disorganized and, and those that aren't uh, less sophisticated. And then um, there is also that integration stage that can happen in the in the smaller business world where you you might get some of your money now up front, but you're going to have to continue to work to get the the rest of it uh, post deal. So it, it's still going to be three stages on on both sides of it for for the most part. What should I be thinking about? Um in my competitive landscape. So maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a company and, and some, sometimes I plan for a merger or an acquisition and it's really been something that I've been thinking about for a long time, but other times an opportunity just kind of presents itself. And either as a competitive advantage, I, I, I should take advantage of this because, you know, it's going to sweeten our portfolio or it's going to uh, eliminate a competitor buying this company that could, you know, make things more complicated. One of the things you mentioned was my house being in order. If if I live that way, if I just have a cultural of organization, then I'm ready to explore these things anytime rather than, oh, I mean, it's almost a little like in my mind, buying a house. Like if you're just ready to talk to a banker versus I got to take six weeks to get my act together, the opportunities can change. What are some of the ways that I should be thinking about um, the competitive landscape 
as I shape my own, should I be ready to buy something? Should I be prepared for that, even if I'm not going to do it? Or should I be planning ahead? You're nodding your head, so I like that. Tell me more about yeah. what you should be thinking about. I mean, you, you should absolutely want want to be um, ready, be prepared. Um, and, and there's absolutely opportunistic things that can come about. I will say that those are fewer and, and far farther in between, um, especially right now where rates have been for a long time that um, people have had money uh, available to them. So it's been cheap and, and they've gone after acquisition. So I don't think that there, there might be uh, the same level of things just popping up the way that they, they have in, in other, in other periods. Um, but you mentioned buying a house. Well, the, the, there's some parallels and, and some similarities. How do you know what you can afford? Mm-hmm. How are you, how are you going to pay for this? So that's a, a key question that that's gonna um, be opening up doors or or closing them. Uh, if you're not ready, you're not going to get uh, financing, and then it would all have to come out of your pocket as as the owner. And you may or may not be able to stretch for for that uh, for that acquisition. Um, a, another point is imagine you were trying to be happy and and you were going to move into a home with your family. Well, there might be a great opportunity for a real fixer upper Mm. and it's in a new neighborhood and it's wonderful. You're going to double your money. If you put in the elbow grease, if your kids change schools, if your commute goes from 10 minutes to an hour, but does that really fit? So similarly, um, and and why I would say the opportunistic things may not be a a good idea if you really want to be be successful and and enhance your core business as an acquirer is have that checklist. When you go out with your realtor, you have neighborhoods picked out. You have requirements of how many bedrooms or bathrooms or will it include outdoor space? You, you name it. And no house is perfect and no business is perfect. Mm. So stick to that that checklist of what we're looking for, why it makes sense, why it, it doesn't make sense. Um, and, and try to not sort of be allured by the deal process or something being so cheap. Because if you can't be happy in that home, or uh, it's going to be a cultural misfit, you could end up losing uh, more money than than you thought you were going to make. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, ProCFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com It's a great analogy, and it's... 
I think it's something to keep in mind. And you just touched on it there at the end, because in addition, what if you were moving into a house with a bunch of other people already living there? (laughs) And so I think sometimes there's this idea of you've heard of the aqua hire. I'm going to buy a company for this really talented team. But there's personalities that come with the talent. And and we have to examine how those personalities mesh or don't mesh well with the existing. But also, what if it wasn't an aqua hire? What if you were making the purchase or the acquisition for a bunch of different reasons and you got a bunch of people uh, and without doing some of that due diligence, talk me through that a little bit. What should I be thinking about or what's the importance of understanding the personalities that I'm bringing on board in any kind of, or that I'm taking my whole enterprise in a known quantity to me and I'm saying, we're going to go hitch our wagon to this other company, everybody. Talk to me about some of those circumstances. Yeah, you, you hit on, on probably the, of those three phases, what is the most critical in creating value and, and making sure that this is a good fit? It's having a plan and being able to integrate or manage from afar. Integration isn't always the, the best uh, course of action after, after an acquisition. So you're, you're absolutely right, especially in this mid-sized business market, there are going to be big personalities. You're, you're often going to be dealing with this baby boomer generation that's, that's transitioning uh, out of uh, their, their CEO role, and maybe it's to an advisory role, maybe it's out of the business completely. But what's that plan? How's that going to work? How are the employees going to be be affected? Um, those can be some very difficult conversations. And if they're, they're not had early on, and the two parties aren't in, in agreement, um, bad things can, can result. And, and you really don't want to um, be in a position where you've hired a, you've acquired a business, you've hired the people, and then they're not happy. That's gonna, you know, that's gonna, that low morale kills productivity. Um, it takes uh, succession planning all out of whack. I mean, it's absolutely true that the idea of, well, look at what our revenue model can look like if we buy this company. And then if you're just dealing with a bunch of stuff that you hadn't planned on, it can really throw that into disarray. I want to put you on the spot a little bit. Do you have just some examples? When, when, when in, your, in your experience or in your, you know, your history of doing all this, has some, has some merger or acquisition gone really right? And what were some of the hallmarks or traits of that? And then when did something go really wrong? And why do you think that happened? I'd like to learn from some of those examples. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give an, uh, I'll start with a glory story rather than the, than the defeat. Um, so I'll give a, a, a positive outcome that, that we had. And then one that turned out to be, uh, be more challenging. So know what you're getting. And that's sometimes really, really hard. And, and like we talked about with the home example, none of these businesses is, is perfect. So actually had a uh, acquisition and the customer reviews were horrendous. These customers hated this business and it was a fabulous business that they could not be replaced by their customers. And when every year they would increase the the annual cost and subscription by 20%, it angered the customers, but it was 
also a testament to how ingrained they were and how entrenched they were and how there was no good substitute for them. Hmm. It was a fabulous business. But most of the time, 99% of the time, when you get into diligence, you want to hear happy customers. You want to hear customers that are going to continue no matter who owns the company, no matter who their their sales rep is. Um, And you don't want to be fighting through this, selling the customer again when you're uh, going to be buying buying the company. Horrible, horrible customer calls. (laughs) But know what you're getting. And nothing's going to be Nothing's going to be perfect, but does it fit what you need? And can you do something with it that'll make it more, more valuable and improve your, your own business? The, the acquisition is really supposed to be additive and accretive to what was, the, what was the core. You know, buying a business and trying to use it to fix up the, the core house isn't often going to be a, a recipe for um really making the 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 core company more valuable. I mean, and I almost think of it like putting on a pool when the the house is is in shambles. It's like, you no, know, let let's focus on getting our our house in order and livable and um more valuable. Just adding a pool outside isn't going to improve this this situation, although it might be good for some some giggles and laughs on a on a hot day. It's more really great advice is to uh, to be mindful of the holistic situation and be realistic with yourself and be self-aware. And all of these things that I think are the uh, hallmarks of a, a well-run organization, a culturally sound organization. And if those things are true, then I imagine a merger or an acquisition so much easier because you know who you are. So therefore, you know who you want to bring on to make more of who you are and not trying to figure out who you are and hope that that somehow becomes part of the recipe. Precisely. And, and I'll give a, I'll give the, the, the struggle, uh, struggling story. I mean, I worked with a, an organization that was as, as well healed as, as you can imagine. And they had uh, sophisticated operators. They had plenty of money and, and relationships behind them, but they themselves had a very narrow niche. And because they wanted to grow, they were looking at anything that was sort of tangential or related to what their core business was. And it often got too far astray from making their core business more valuable. And we overturned a lot of rocks and got nowhere. Hmm. And in that way, you spread yourself thin and you lose your core competency and you lose the thread on what customers value about you in the first place or where where you had opportunities to uh, to make more of that because suddenly you're mediocre at everything instead of really good at something else. Fascinating. Precisely. Carlos Sava from ProCFO Partners. Thanks, Carlos, again for uh, spending time with us. These are always great conversations. I hope you'll come back and dive in with us uh, another time. Sounds great. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening, and a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.